Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ich warte seit Wochen auf diesen Tag und tanz vor Freude über den Asphalt. Als wär's ein Rhythmus, als gäb's ein Lied, das mich immer weiter durch die Straßen zieht. Komm dir entgegen. Hallo und willkommen zu Gegenpressing, der Bundesliga-Podcast. Ein Manufet, hier ist Stefan Bienkowski und Stefan, um a little bit of a different format this week. Yes, very different format because it seems like everything is getting done this week. Uh, <laughs> so we are having to adapt. Um, this is technically a preview show. We'll do our best to try and review yeah. uh, some of the big games for the weekend. But I think we've decided what we're going to do is this will preview the midweek games. As ours, as you say in Germany, the English Evolka. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we will then do is we'll have the normal transfer roundup show for subscribers and then what would be the bonus show for this week will stick out for all subscribers and we'll just do that as a kind of big bonus review show thing um, of the weekend's games this midweek this week these midweek games uh, and that'll probably be our last show of the year actually we've just we've realized because obviously next week is Christmas and that kind of hocus pocus year uh, period between Christmas and New Year's where nothing gets done <laughs> and everyone forgets what day it is and no one probably listens to many podcasts either uh, so yeah so just to kind of clarify previous show today transfer roundup show for subscribers um on Wednesday and then on Thursday we'll put a big kind of end of the year show yeah and then the normal sub stacks this week too but obviously next week as well um both you and I will take a deserved break I think it's <laughs> from from the rest of the week um so just keep that in mind um we'll be back then on a normal schedule I I know in Scotland you have January 2nd off which just seems extremely unfair Stefan yeah I'm off to the fourth Oh my uh, God! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite tradition in Scotland to have the first and the second off. I think. Um, uh, it's, I think it changes once you go across the border because I know Hogmanay, as we call it, or New Year's Eve, isn't actually that big a deal in England. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, it's a big deal in Scotland. It would seem. It should be. It's. It should be a big deal. It should be a big <laughs> deal everywhere. Anyways, uh, we have lots to discuss, so let's jump into it right after this break. This episode of the Gegen Pressing Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. All the major sports are in action this week with college football playoffs ready to kick off. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info, including news for pro football, the NBA, upcoming fights, and NHL games this season. Head to the website today to get into the action and see all the updated odds for the week. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, that is B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Um, yeah, Stefan, I guess a um, little bit of a different format. Um, it is Englische Woche, which is an odd term because um, it dates back from the time when German football kind of introduced floodlight. Uh, floodlight games, right, which allowed them to play kickoff late midweek 
and floodlights and uh, these midweek fixtures were invented in England first, or so at least the Germans believed, and that's why it's <laughs> called an English Woche. <laughs> um, which is kind of cool, I guess, um, that we call it that, and uh, it is a nod to the history of the game, um, which originates in, in on the on the British Islands, right? Uh, whether it's England or Scotland, you guys can fight over that. Um, I'm staying way away, away, away from that. <laughs> Um, but it is an English Woche. I think the way we're going to do it, we're going to talk about the individual games the way we've always done it. And then when we talk about the uh, bigger games, and um, we each have picked a match of the week, right? You picked Dortmund against Mainz, I believe, and I've picked um, Union against Köln. When we get to those, we will we'll expand to that. And then, of course, when we get to some of the other games like Bayern, Leverkusen, Frankfurt, etc., cetera, uh, or Stuttgart, we can talk a little bit of what happened on the weekend Um I know it is a little bit odd, a different format. Um, it's just how we have to deal with um, Germany trying to cram everything into the last week before Christmas, Stefan, which is exactly what our work has been doing too. Yeah, it's quite common. Um, and it's uh, it's it's a bit of a shame because it means that basically the year finishes up on this somewhat undermined fixture or this match day. Um where a lot of people will obviously be working. It might entirely pass most people by. I reckon most people listen to this podcast probably weren't even aware that there were games uh, this during the week. Uh, they probably assumed they'd be they'd be finished up on Saturday. But alas, here we are. Um, and yeah, I think one of the reasons we want to do it as well is because, as we'll probably find out as we go through these fixtures, a lot of the games will kind of obviously follows straight on both literally but in also in terms of a narrative from what happened at the weekend so it gives us an opportunity to kind of reference what happened at the weekend talk about it briefly uh, and then kind of predict what will happen um you know in the coming days absolutely and we'll start with Werder against Leipzig um Stefan this was one of the talking points in the Monday bulletin um that is Leipzig right um Emil Forsberg now officially l- going to leave Leipzig in January. Um, what a way to go out. He goes or comes on in the 66 minutes. Six minutes later, he scores what turns out the winner against Hoffenheim, right? Um, at that point, everyone kind of knew. And with the final miss whistle, I got the email from the New York Red Bulls that they had signed him. Um, obviously, they coordinated this well. I think no one expected it to end this way in such spectacular fashion. Um Emil Forsberg has played 324 games for Leipzig, Stefan. He's going to be a huge loss for them. He's going to be available for this game, obviously, but he's going to be a huge loss for them when he does leave. Um, there were some really odd rumors about Jaden Sancho potentially going to Leipzig, um, which has been shut down already. Uh, something for the transfer show, I guess. But this is Emil Forsberg's last game in the Bundesliga, presumably. And we saw against Hoffenheim how much he can still contribute. It's going to be a huge, huge loss for them, a hard a hard player to replace. I, I understand he's going to come back and work for the club in some other capacity um, when he does come back. And this is all about his, I guess this is sort of like an apprenticeship for him in MLS, yada, yada, yada. But still a hard thing to replace. Regardless, he's available for this. Nabi Keita, in the headlines today too, um, whether he's going to play in this or not, we'll see. Um, I have this as a narrow Leipzig win, Stefan. I went for 2-1, and I wouldn't even be surprised if it was Forsberg that pops up for the winner. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, the, the, the last game was just hugely fitting for him. And yeah, again, it's something we've discussed recently on the Transfer Roundup shows because it's not exactly been a secret that he was leaving. Um, but it does, as you pointed out in the Monday Bulletin newsletter, um, there's certainly a strong case that they could keep him and they might well need to keep him. And it's probably no coincidence that following on from that, Leipzig have been getting very speculative links to forwards all over Europe, uh, Dean Sancho in particular. Um, but yeah, in terms of this actual game, I think it's going to be a really interesting match actually because, you know, Werder Bremen haven't actually been that bad recently. They've only lost two of the last seven games. Uh, their home record in particular is quite impressive. Um, and, you know, They've just been perhaps a little unfortunate with the manner in which the results have come about. Um, you know, you obviously look at that league table, it doesn't look very impressive. I think that draw against Gladbach last weekend was probably one of those results that doesn't really suit anybody. Um, but they're coming up against a Leipzig side who've s- seemingly gone over their hump in terms of the recent kind of um, inconsistency. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they're now chasing five wins in a row. Um and I completely agree with you. I think I think Bremen have been quite decent. I think they've been decent at home. I think it should be a good contest. But there is just something that makes me think Leipzig will probably have just enough to get past Bremen here. So I've also gone for uh, a 2-1. Yeah, I actually almost picked this as my match of the week because I actually think this is going to be a really good game to watch. But no, I picked something different. Um, anyways, the next one is your match of the week. And Dortmund, we asked this question, Stefan. Um is Champions League Dortmund going to show up or Regionalliga Dortmund? And it turned out it was Regionalliga Dortmund against Augsburg. 1-1 draw. Um, this is your match of the week. I know that there is going to be so many questions for the Dortmund side going into the winter break. Um, Eden Terzic, of course, some doubts about him in the media today um, with players complaining about him supposedly to uh, Sebastian Kehl. What do you think here? This is a must-win game for them, isn't it? Yeah, I think this match day will probably be one in which just about everyone's keeping one eye on the Westfalen Stadion to see mm. what happens in this game. Um, Dortmund, after that 1-1 draw against Augsburg, are actually in their longest run without winning a game uh, in five years. Um, it's now stretched to five games. Um, and there's been a huge amount of speculation over Terzic's future after that draw. Um, you know, Sport Beard reporting today that um, they think that his job's more or less still safe for now, but they do note that Sebastian Kell possibly chose his words carefully after the Augsburg game and he said, you know, something along the lines of, well, you know, everything's fine, but at the end of the day, you have to win games. Only victories help, is actually the words he used. Um, which might be a kind of thinly veiled hint, or perhaps even threat, to Terzic that, look, at the end of the day, you might be the teacher's pet in the boardroom, and, you know, you might be the anointed one by the yellow wall, but none of that matters if you can't win games. And... Um, I think this Mainz game is probably one that could potentially slip up Dortmund. And if they don't win this game, I think it's going to be a very, very, very difficult winter for Terzic. Um, luckily, they do tend to have um, fortune on their side when they play home games. 
Um, they are missing some big players. Um, um, Daniel, not Daniel, sorry, Karim Adeyemi um, was ruled out for a couple of weeks after he picked up an injury in the Augsburg game. Uh, but if I'm not mistaken, they've actually only lost two games since last August at home. Um, you know, most recently that PSG game was the one that kind of showed that they do still have an ability to kind of play well in front of their own fans. So I think this is going to be a game with a huge amount of pressure on Terzic and the team as a game which they'll have to win probably quite convincingly to stop the fans from, um, you know, really piling on the team and the coach. I think it's one they'll probably win not 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 convincingly by any means I think they'll probably win it quite narrowly so I've actually gone for a 2-1 win here for Dortmund which is hilarious that's exactly what I went with Stefan <laughs> 2 out of 2 so far yeah 2 out of 2 um, maybe just going through some of these reports as you, as you were narrating here um, the, 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 the reports Marlon Yelbacher from, from Sky um, basically reporting that the players are not happy with uh, Tezic's defensive uh, approach. Uh, Patrick Berger, Sky as now Sky, previously Sport 1, basically chiming in with similar information. Uh, Summer and Watzke still continue to give Tezic the full backing, even though players are unhappy with him. Then finally, Plattenberg, also from Sky. Sky has signed everyone. They're, they're like worse than Bayern Munich. Um <laughs> They are all reporting that Oliver Glasner is a candidate should Erdin Tesic not continue. I would, I think that would be a good appointment, to be honest with you, Stefan. Um, you know, maybe something that we can go deeper into in the transfer show, but I don't think I would hate that. Mm, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, you never know. I mean, and this, and this is the kind of speculation that will only kind of echo uh, throughout the stadium and the football forums and things over the course of Christmas if they don't pick up a result here um, and it's kind of getting to the point where you know it, it, it's if they don't win here and you know say they they get a draw that means they're probably finishing the year sitting in fifth place what 15 points off first place um, a squad of discontent um, and you kind of wonder if he gets to the point where like, maybe she's just going to put Teresa Chavez's misery at that point um, because they're just simply not going anywhere but it's why it's my game of the week because it's the one I'll be glued to to see what happens and uh, yeah it'll probably it probably won't change much in terms of speculation but it'll probably change whether um, Teresa has to pick up his P45 before Christmas or not I think once you once reports surface that you've lost the dressing room, and knowing how these reports surface, it's essentially players talking to players and the agents talking to media, right? Ooh, that's a hard place to come back from. Really difficult um, if you're a head coach, but we'll see. Um, up next, Hoffenheim against Darmstadt. Um, I I actually thought that Hoffenheim played quite well. Um, on the weekend despite losing to Leipzig um, obviously there was so much emotion there with Forsberg coming on and then popping in and, and scoring that winner right um, up to that point Hoffenheim played really well um, and I actually think that you know they will be just fine and rebound here and beat Darmstadt 2-0 Stefan <laughs> yeah, I've also got 2-0 um, <laughs> that's yeah. 3 out of 3 <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think this one's a lot easier to predict than the first two, to be honest. I actually had, if I'm not mistaken, I think I had Hoffenheim to cause a bit of an upset against Leipzig. 
Um, and it sounds like they were close to doing that, uh, as you said, until Forsberg came on and won the day. Uh, but yeah, Darmstadt are a completely different outfit. They've now gone uh, eight games without a win, I think, in the Bundesliga. Um, and very quickly beginning to resemble kind of relegation fodder. Um, they'll be kind of praying to get to the end of this match day where they can regroup and maybe try and you know hammer out some plans for the Rook Runda because it's 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 really worrying um, and particularly on the road as well. So yeah, I think I I don't Hoffenheim have actually played better away from home this season. So you know, never say never in terms of an upset here, but. I think the odds are certainly in favour of Hoffenheim for this match. Mm, yeah, absolutely. All right, up next is my match of the week, and that's Union Berlin against Köln. Um, I was surprised how how easily Bochum won this game um, on the weekend against Union 3-0, um, the final score. Big, 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 big result for Bochum. Um, by the way, we're now um, in 13th of 16 points. Um, fortunately for Union Berlin, though, Stefan, all the teams below them also drop points. Köln, Mainz, Darmstadt, right? Um, which actually sets this up as a huge fixture. Um, this is a, this is one of these, and you know, I would have to put in uh, two euros into the Phrasenschwein at the Sport ein Stoppelpass for saying this, but this is a six-pointer. <laughs> it really is. Um, and, you know, I am actually really looking forward to this game. And thankfully, it's actually at a separate kickoff time than the other Wednesday games. Um, it's um, the the 6.30 German time kickoff, right? Um, so I can watch this separately and then probably watch a conference for all the other games that are going on um, that day because there's some really odd, some other ones that are interesting. But this one just promises drama. Um, it promises this sort of the sort of storylines that you want in the relegation battle, right? Um, and I had, I I think quality wise because Köln um, really didn't convince me either. This is a, another game that I watched on the weekend. I actually watched all the Sunday games, um, and I watched the game against Freiburg. And Freiburg, although it took them I think until the seventieth minute to finally put them to the sword, um, it never really seemed like that they're going to lose that game. And you know what? I think Union Berlin are going to win this game. Um, although. I went for a very narrow 2-1 win here. Um, yeah, I've also gone for a 2-1 win, actually. <laughs> oh, my, that's uh, four out of four. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I also watched the clone game <laughs> against Freiburg. Uh, it, I struggled to stay awake throughout it, to be honest. Um, it was a one-sided affair. I think I wrote in the newsletter on Monday that it was you know, two two goals going on five or six. Um, Fiverr obviously had a huge number of chances. They hit the bar at one other post at one point as well. And yeah, I just don't know what to make of Clone right now. They just seem entirely hopeless. They seem bereft of any kind of attacking intent. Uh, they're the lowest goal scorers in the Bundesliga this season. And you know, I was, I was reading Stefan Baumgart's um, quotes after the game. And he said, oh, you know, I was encouraged because they ran harder and tackled harder and put more effort in. And I thought, it read like a quote from a quote, a quote from a coach 20 years ago or something, you know, it felt a little too old school for me. And that just seems to be the issue I have with Colin these days. They don't really seem like they've got any kind of ingenuity, no kind of innovation. Tactically, they're just very basic. And, you know, I... I, I 
they're they're certainly in line with Darmstadt, in my opinion, as being like very, very, um, very close to being just clubs that make up the numbers. And we have seen that so far. Um, In recent years, the Bundesliga, it's usually teams who get promoted and just aren't really up to the task. And, you know, that's fine. Um, They go back down immediately. But this clone side seem like they're kind of quite happy to take up that mantle, especially if Mainz and Union Berlin do get their act together. Um, and I suspect that might be the case. The only other thing I would mention here is that, you know, I I, I wouldn't put too much into that Bochum result because Bochum has been very good recently, particularly at home. Um, but if Union can't get a win here against this clone side, then it might be there might be some question marks as to what was the point in Sackner's fish in the first place because um, well, we he he did want to leave though. No, of course, sure, but it, it maybe suggests that it wasn't his fault if this new head coach comes in and can't beat Cologne at home because that's probably the closest thing you're going to get to a winnable game at this stage in the season. Um, so I've gone for a 2-1 win. I think it'll be a very tight game, um, but I think it'll be one that will just kind of compound Cologne's misery and make it for a very difficult Christmas for them. I also think that you way to kind to Stefan Baumgart there with saying those sounds like a statements made by a coach 30 years ago. It sounds more like a, a general reporting to the Kaiser during World War One, thinking the, the Western Front is still stable. <laughs> wow, that's a reference. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah we're like, That's 100 years outdated, not 30. <laughs> Sorry, but just like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you can also insert the dark meme um, that you know the dark city in the burning home and uh, a burning house. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, not about it. I'm just not buying it. This current side has zero to no quality, um, and I wouldn't be shocked if they would go down or they like, play a relegation playoff against HSV and actually lose. Um, that would be another thing that I could see happening here. But oh well. Um. Okay, so Leverkusen is next against Bochum, so just a few kilometers away from Köln, up the Rhein. Um, they face Bochum, Stefan, and um, that Leverkusen, I mean, Leverkusen is so impressive, aren't they? That game against Frankfurt um, never seemed in doubt. It really was just about how many goals were they going to score at one point. Um, I just think... The manner of which they recovered from dropping points back to back, um, you know, something that Alonso was really unhappy about when I when I talked to him post game um, against after the Stuttgart match, um, it really seemed like they fixed that. I don't know how you feel about this, but this point, all signs for me point to a very convincing win before the winter break. Here, uh, I went with a three 0 win. I'm not sure what you think, but. It, it just feels like Leverkusen are going to see out the year with a big result. Yeah, I've gone for something similar. I've gone for a 2-0 win. Um, I think Bochum have actually been really impressive recently, so I think they should give them a decent game. But I was really, really impressed with that Leverkusen side. I thought they really dispatched of a good Frankfurt team really professionally. Um, you know, Frankfurt came out both halves really trying to kind of blitz Leverkusen, and it just didn't work. And... It felt very much like a team pushing for the title against a team pushing for the top six, which might seem like, you know, semantic or something, but I think Leverkusen are so good they can show that gulf between them and a good Bundesliga side. Um, And they certainly didn't show any signs of looking jaded or tired, so 
um, yeah, I've gone for a very convincing 2-0 win against Bochum as well. Yeah, I thought it was really impressive too considering the midweek game against Molde, which they ended up winning 5-1 with the second outfit. <laughs> um, there's just so many good tools in that team. Um, Florian Wirtz, of course, continues to impress. Boniface scored a fantastic goal. Um, Frimpong scored. The the midfield looks so very impressive as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't see them being stoppable anytime soon. And um, it's it's just all very, very impressive what Alonso has done there. Very, very impressive. But Stefan, speaking of Frankfurt, they faced Gladbach. What do you think here? Um, this one was quite difficult to kind of predict, to be honest. Um, I don't think Gladbach have been terribly bad so far, or recently rather. Um, and Frankfurt have just kind of blown quite hot and cold. Um, to be honest with you, they've got one win out of the last five. Gladbach have got two wins and a draw in the last five. Um, it, it this this game just screams a draw to me. To be perfectly honest, I've gone for a one-one <laughs> draw here. Um, which, which is what I have too. Uh, <laughs> which, you know, doesn't really do anyone any favours. And I know Gladbach fans might be a little nervous finishing the year on, what, you know, just five points above 50th place. But I think they are slowly but surely turning things around. I feel like I've said that for the last couple of weeks now. Um, maybe Frankfurt might be able to put a little more in because they're at home. Last game of the year, I would be surprised if they did win it. But something just makes me think Gladbach will take something from this game. Yeah, I, I went for a one-one draw too. I, I think both these teams are projects. Um, this is why they blow hot and cold. Um, Frankfurt really disappointed with their second outfit in Aberdeen, um, and then of course um, had this result against Leverkusen where they never had a chance. Um, as much as they tried, they it just didn't feel like there was much in it. Um, of course, we now know that they're going to sign Donny van der Beek um, on loan right initially. There's an option to buy in this contract for 10 million euros. Um, I think it's an interesting deal. I'm, I'm more than expected there will be other pieces coming in. They, they're kind of re, retooling here on the fly, right? Um, so, you know, this Frankfurt side, I think, will look very different um, after the winter break. But as it is right now, um, just one win out of the last five games. Just, of course, that 5-1 win against Bayern, right, Stefan? <laughs> <laughs> which is sort of usually the narrative that we use for Gladbach most years um, when when we see them play usually their one big win comes against Bayern Munich but you know that's how it is in the Bundesliga there's certain teams that just like to smash Bayern Munich and then don't do anything else for the rest of the campaign and those two teams will get to see play each other on the weekend let's <laughs> see who comes out on top but yeah I went for a 1-1 draw um, speaking of Bayern Munich they are in Wolfsburg I was very intrigued about that game against Stuttgart I have a ton of thoughts but maybe um, before we get into that what are your thoughts on this game here because I know you've written quite a bit about Wolfsburg this year Stefan well you know it's interesting to talk about two teams who like to have a go at Bayern and Wolfsburg couldn't be further from that um, their head to head against Bayern is pathetic to be honest with you <laughs> um, they've got, they picked up one win from the last 24 games against Bayern and Niko Kovac actually went as far as to say this match is a, just a bonus game which is something that really pisses me off because I think it's something that a lot of clubs in the Bundesliga treat these matches against Bayern 
obviously I think he's been able to say that because they picked up a really important three points against Darmstadt um, last weekend and I, or at the weekend rather and I kind of said as well going into that match day that that was a really crucial three points for him because if they didn't pick something up there they would have probably gone into this game Kovac in particular thinking he had to get something possibly to keep his job uh, the, the Wolfsburg hierarchy have kind of gone out of the way to say that's not going to happen but you know you never know but now those three points in their back pocket means they can go into this game without really any pressure it would seem um, and if there's, there are clubs who take these games against Bayern very seriously Wolfsburg are not one of them so uh, yeah I've gone for a very simple 2-0 win for Bayern here yeah I went for a 3-1 Bayern Munich win um, the one thing that I'm curious about is how are Wolfsburg going to approach this game because um, Bayern did beat Stuttgart on the weekend um, and obviously we'll never know how it would have turned out if that early goal doesn't go in right but you know at the end of the day that's 3-0 result I actually think flattered Stuttgart, even though Stuttgart dominated possession. Um, they played um, at one point was 400 to 196 passes. Um, this is after the first four, uh, 45 minutes. I think they ended the game with 60% possession. Um, and yet Bayern were the team that put away the, the, the goals. And it was almost like a reverse of um, what we usually see from Bayern Munich. And Stefan, I had this thought that I think the way Stuttgart played against Bayern suited to Thomas Tuchel just fine. I think that is actually the way he wants his teams to play. I don't think he is a coach that wants to have the ball. I think he's a coach who likes to play defensive football, hit teams on the counter. Um, and I think that's why this particular game, even though, you know, this is exactly how Sebastian Hoeneß wants to play, I think this game went exactly to his match plan. It's just something that that suits Bayern really well. And then, of course, there was young Alexander Pavlovich who looked very much like that holding six that Thomas Tuchel really wants to sign. Um, and I think the way he's played in this game um, and against Heidenheim a couple of weeks ago, right, could maybe save the club in the region of 70 million euros if he develops right. Um, so, I don't know. It's just interesting. And so I wonder almost, because we, we've seen... We've seen Frankfurt go against them where they basically gave Bayern Munich the ball and said, like, here's the ball, have fun. And then we had Stuttgart who basically said, we want to have the ball. And Bayern said, that's just great with us. It just seems like a paradigm shift overall for Thomas Tuchel and Bayern. Well, maybe not for Tuchel, but for Bayern. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 not too dissimilar from the Terzic thing at Dortmund to the extent where maybe he's more comfortable playing a kind of counter-attacking game. Look, I think a large part of that was obviously because they were missing both Kimmich and Goretzka. Um, it was more of a kind of transitional side. Pavlovich obviously wasn't looking for the ball as much. Um, and as you said, Stuttgart were just kind of willing to kind of take the game to them. I, it felt to me like a very naive Stuttgart performance, to be honest with you. Yeah, um, I thought so too. They either went into the match kind of thinking, let's just do what we want. It doesn't really matter if we win or not. Or they went in maybe a little overconfident thinking we can play our game and take this match to to Bayern. And for one reason or another, uh, it didn't quite work out. I'm kind of willing to give them the benefit of the doubt to a large extent because obviously, you know, they went into that game uh, not too long after a really grueling match against Bayern Leverkusen where they really, really did look exhausted by the end of that game. Um, and, you know, any match against Bayern, you have to be your absolute best. So... 
it's it's it, I think this match against Augsburg actually is going to be really really tricky um, for Stuttgart if you, if you allow me to just kind of see great transition. transition I was hoping you would go there <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Augsburg have obviously been very good recently they you know picked up a one one draw against Dortmund which we talked about um, and you know it'll be fascinating to see how they play here because they could either revert back to their usual style where they're like okay we're playing on our mid table side. Uh, we can do what we do best and dominate and win this game. Or they might look a little tired again, which I did think they looked quite tired against Bayern. So there's there's a possibility here for Augsburg to pick up points against Stuttgart. Uh, the only thing that still kind of put this in Stuttgart's favour for me um, is the fact that Augsburg, despite looking better recently, um, are still so, so um, lacklustre on the road. Uh, they've only picked up one result, one win in their last 20 away matches, if I'm not mistaken, in the league, which is just crazy, uh, considering their home form has been quite impressive. Um, so I've gone for a very narrow 2-1 win here for Stuttgart, but I think Augsburg <laughs> will make it very difficult for them. It's funny, that's exactly the result I went with too. Um, this is also a Swabian derby, obviously Augsburg being the capital of the... Uh, of Bavaria, Swabia, um, and Stuttgart being the capital of the Swaben and Baden-Württemberg. Um, so this is a it's a Swabian derby, I guess. Um, yeah, this is going to be a, a really interesting... It's actually going to be a really interesting game, I think. Um, Serhu Gorassi just scored twice in the last five games since since coming back in his injury. He had, he had nothing against Bayern, right? Um just wasn't able to come through at all. And I agree with you, the Stuttgart side did look tired. And I actually think that they, more than anyone else, want that winter break to come quickly, right? Um, you know, get this game over with, go into the winter break. If they get three points from this, they, they are going to be in a really, really good position. Um, you know, you look at the table now, they're sitting on um, they're sitting on fourth with 31 points, um, uh, five points, uh, yeah, five points ahead of Dortmund and they get something from this result, um, then, you know, they, they will be looking really comfortable um, going into the second half of the season. Um, but yeah, I went for a really narrow 2-1 win here. I just, you know, it's just think they still have the tools to beat Augsburg. All right, um, that gets us to the last match um, on Wednesday and that is Heidenheim against Freiburg. That's actually another derby, another Baden-Württemberg derby. Um I actually think this is going to be a pretty good game because Freiburg looked good. Heidenheim have been looking pretty decent as well. Um, obviously, they beat Mainz, which is a big result for them uh, in the relegation in the relegation battle. Uh, Heidenheim look more like a mid-table side rather than a team that is worried about relegation. Freiburg now in the top six. Um, in recent weeks, Heidenheim have always looked really good at home, which is why I went for one more draw here, Stefan. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I think it's, I've actually gone for the exact same thing, to be honest with you. So it must be like, what, 80% of think, games or something we're agreeing on here. I think so only two that we don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it's been a really fascinating match because, you know, I thought Freiburg were quite good against Cologne, but they were up against a really terrible Cologne side. Uh, and it did, as you said, it took them quite a while to break them down. Uh I watched their 1-0 win over Wolfsburg the weekend before, and with all the respect to Freiburg, I don't actually think they deserved that. Uh, it was a bit of a smashing grab uh, after Wolfsburg dominated the match. 
Um, and then before that, it was a very slender 1-0 over Mainz, and then they were actually held to a draw against Darmstadt. So there's certainly a sense that, you know, while they've got three wins on the bounce, uh, I think Christian Strike might be kind of sniggering to himself, thinking, wow, I can't believe we got away with that, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and, you know, travelling to Heidenheim and playing in front of their fans has been a real test for a lot of big Bundesliga sides this season. Uh, you know, they got four wins from seven in the league. Um, you know, they they picked up a lot of home points and I think they could I think they could cause a real problem for Freiburg. So I've I've yeah, as I said, I've also gone for a one one draw here. Um another thing that's also worth bearing in mind is that just keep an eye on even though Freiburg are up to sixth, their goal difference is actually minus four. And I don't have the expected goals numbers uh to hand, but I suspect and this is pure speculation that if you were to use that to kind of calculate their expected points, I would say Freiburg might be overperforming right now. And, you know, on a way trip to Heidenheim is a perfect opportunity for them to stuff that down my throat and say, no, we're not, we're a good team, here's three points. Or it's an opportunity to highlight what I suspect might be the case. So it'd be worth to keep an eye on, but yeah, I've gone for a draw here. I have Freiburg's expected goals in front of me, and it's 25.7. And right. uh, okay. they've have, they have scored so... nine. So they're actually second last in the league with a minus six, seven. Um, so fewer goals mm, scored than expected. So yeah. they're actually underperforming next year. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. That might um, be because of the last. <laughs> that could have been racked up last week against Cologne, I suppose, but <laughs> we'll see. Yes, this is, this is true. Um, you know, um, Gladbach are actually sitting for, first. This is via the Bundesliga.com app, um, you know, which uses AWS. Lots of different models out there to calculate this. So, um, grain of salt and all that, you know, uh, caveat, etc. Um, but just to to point that out, um, their shot efficiency not quite as good um, as their as their their goal scoring suggests. But yeah. Um, anyways, Devon, that rounds up the final match day before the winter break, and this is not to determine um, the Herbstmeister or Wintermeister, depending on what you want to call I guess it would be Wintermeister, um, because we don't have that match day 17 until the the the, the, the next uh, next year. Um, on January 2nd, 12th is when the, the Bundesliga comes back. So we'll find out then who's going to win the Wintermeisterschaft, I guess, um, whether that's going to be Leverkusen or not. I, do, I think they pretty much secured it. Um, as always, this show is brought to you by Get German, brought to you by Bet Online in association with Get German Football News. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up our final preview show of the year? Uh, not a huge amount. I'll probably save them for the kind of recap show or the re- review show we do at the end of the week. But it's been a lot of fun, uh, and I'm looking forward to kind of looking back over the first half of the season uh, if we get a chance. If we have time, that is. <laughs> No, absolutely. Um, the winter break should be interesting. There should be lots of transfer stories, etc. So, yeah, you know, we get to have a little bit of a breather um, before we get into the nitty gritty of the second half of the season. Twenty twenty three has been a blast. Um, if I was just wanted to point that out, it's been an absolute blast, and I really want to thank. And I'm going to thank them again um, because obviously this is not the last show of the year. Um, but the subscribers have been absolutely outstanding. We we really appreciate. Um, the interaction first and foremost 
on the Substack chat. So if you haven't been seeing that yet, uh, us subscribers can interact with us directly during the match day. And that has been incredible. We're a lot of fun um, and a lot of thoughtful comments as well. So thank you for everyone who subscribes. Um, everyone, thank you everyone uh, who's listening to the show. We'll be back later this week. And until then, auf Wiedersehen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.